0: Hello everybody, welcome to Jewish Daily Stories. Today's story is dedicated to Yosef Noach Ben-Rachaleya. May he have a refu shalema, a quick and complete recovery. And this story it is, amaz- is an amazing story about somebody who had a serious medical problem for many years and how it became miraculously... Rabbi Chaim Chaikom Maletzky was a Rosh Hashiva of a yeshiva called Chaye Olam in Yerushalayim and this was in the mid 1900's about 70, 80 years ago he had a problem with his legs he could hardly stand up or walk his legs kept getting weaker and weaker Until he could hardly walk at all, except if somebody was helping him. And so, he would spend most of his time in a wheelchair. Someone would have to wheel him around, move him around from place to place. Now, in 1954, Rabbi Miletsky's daughter got married in Yerushalayim. The wedding hall was packed. There were so many people there for the chasinah. And everybody was happy and dancing and singing. And the chassan and Kala were very happy. Rabbi Miletsky was carried into the hall to join the celebration. And people were very surprised at how he was really not well. And he really could not get out of his wheelchair. And he couldn't really dance with his new son-in-law. And it was very sad. Rabbi Miletsky watched all the celebration for quite a while, and then at a certain point, he asked if he could speak. Of course, it was his daughter's chasana. Everybody became quiet to hear Rabbi Miletsky's story. Rabbi Miletsky said, When I was a young and healthy bacher, back in the Kovna Yeshiva of Lithuania, we didn't have our own yeshiva building, and so we learned in a shul. And in this shul, there was a man known as Itche the Shikr. Itche is a nickname for Yitzchak. And shikr means somebody who's drunk because he always carried a bottle of mashka, a bottle of alcohol, uh, vodka or scotch or something around with him. And he always acted quite strange. He said strange things. He did a lot of napping in the shul. And it just seemed like he was a drunk person. Nobody paid attention to him. We didn't care if he was there or not. He didn't bother us. We didn't bother him. The only people that really paid attention to him actually were some children who unfortunately made fun of him and laughed at him and called him names. But he was a town drunk, the shikar of the town. One night, this all changed. It was very, very cold and icy that night. And while we were learning in the shoal, somebody suddenly came running in. It was the wagon driver. He said, quick, my wagon flipped over on the ice and it's on top of my horse. My horse is going to die if I can't move the wagon off, it's too heavy for me, please, Bakhrim come help me. We didn't move. We looked at each other, we said, well, we are Yeshiva Bakhrim our job is to learn, somebody else can move the wagon. We discussed it for a little while, and we decided, no, we're not coming. Please, he said, please help me, no, we're not coming, we said. He ran out yelling, please, please, somebody help, somebody help. He ran out on the street. At that moment, Itcha, who hardly ever talked to us, suddenly said, you're not going to help him? A yid that needs help? Get up right now leave your learning and go out and help. Well, we didn't really take seriously what Itcha said. And uh, so we didn't do anything. Itcha said, quick, go save that Yitz horse so that he could have parnasa, so he could earn a livelihood. We just laughed. But Itcha said to us very seriously... If you don't help that Yid now, there will come a time that you won't be able to do such things. That was shocking, we thought. Since when does Itchit act like a Rav telling us what we have to do? And even telling us something from the future? But Itchit didn't say anything anymore. About a half hour later, The wagon driver came running back. Please, please, I can't find anybody else to help me. Please, my horse is going to die. Please help. This time we decided to help. We went out, but we found that it was too late. The horse had already died. Oh, no, said the wagon driver. What will I do? How will I earn Parnassah? The next morning, when I came into the shul to learn, my friends told me that Itcha had been asking for me. He said, he needs a favor from you. I went over to Itcha, and Itcha said, please, come to my house this evening. I'm going to die. I'm going to pass away, and I don't want to be alone. I couldn't believe it, Itcha, I said. Nobody knows when they're going to die. How do you know you're going to die tonight? I need you to come, he said. I want you to be there when my neshama returns to Shemayim. I just thought he was joking or making something up. But I decided, okay, I'll go. I'll bring my Gemara. I'll sit there and I'll learn there instead of here. Where do you live? I asked him. Well, you just go to the edge of the town. Keep walking. You'll see a broken down shack. That is mine. So that evening, I followed his instructions. I found his home. I went inside and I saw that he there was a board on the floor and he was sleeping on it. No chairs, no tables. I sat down on a broken box wooden box, open my gemata to learn. A few hours passed, Itch was still sleeping. I began to get annoyed. What am I doing wasting my time here? I stood up to leave, but at that moment, Itch suddenly said, chaykel, don't leave. I'm going to die at exactly 2 a.m. After I die, tell the chevver Gadisha to bury me next to the tzaddik in the Beis in the cemetery. I said, how could it be that they're going to bury you next to the tzaddik? You don't even put on tefillin. What makes you think I don't, um, don't put on tefillin, itch said. Go open that box in the corner of the room. I went over to the box, opened it up, and sure enough, there was the most beautiful pair of tefillin I have ever seen. Wow, I thought. So I guess that secretly Itcha does put on tefillin. But still, I said, why should you be buried next to that sadik? A lot of put on, people put on tefillin. Itcha said, underneath that box is a smaller box. And in there, you'll find something else. Show what you find in there to the Hever Kedisha, to the people who are in charge of the burial, and they will agree that I should be buried next to him. I opened the box, and inside were uh, many, many papers, a big, thick pile of papers, all covered with neat handwritten notes. And as I read them, I realized that these were notes that Itch had written about the deepest secrets of the Torah, according to Kabbalah, according to the secrets of the Torah, and that apparently he was a great Tamachacham and a secret tzaddik. I couldn't believe it. Would you show these writings to the Heber Gadisha, Itch said, they will agreed that I should be buried next to the tzaddik. I went back to the wooden box, and I sat beside itcha watching the clock. At exactly 2 a.m., just like he said, he passed away. I quickly ran to the head of the Khevra gadisha, of the group of people that are in charge of burials. I told him everything which had happened. I described the beautiful tefillin, secret writings, and how Itche had known exactly when he was going to pass away. Itche was a hidden tzaddik, I said. We must bury him exactly where he requested. The members of the Hever Kadisha said, it's a good idea, except that there's absolutely no room next to the tzaddik. It's completely filled in that section of the cemetery. Please, I said, let's at least check it out. We went over, and sure enough, incredibly, there was a space, enough room to bury one person. This is a miracle, the people in the said. Last time we looked, there was absolutely no room. Hashem created a nais, a miracle, and made room for it to be buried there when the people in the town heard about what had happened, of course, every single person in town came to Itch's levaya, Itch's burial. And of course, they all wished they had judged him more favorably while he was there. Rabbi Miletsky finished the story and he said, My friends, Itch the Hidden Tzaddik warned us He said that if we didn't help the wagon driver, someday we wouldn't be able to do such things. And unfortunately, those words have come true with me. Now I know the great importance of helping my fellow Jew. But nevertheless, here I am. I am suffering with the inability to walk and terrible pain And the possibility that, as the doctors say, I should perhaps need to have one or both legs removed. It was a very sad moment at the chassana. Now, one of the guests at the chassana was a Chabad chassad named Rebbe Leib Friedman. When he heard the story, he felt that he should write a letter to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And so he did. He wrote a long letter explaining the entire situation, the entire story of Rabbi Maletzky, and he sent it off with a request that the Rebbe should please daven for a full shalema for Rabbi Maletzky. Soon afterwards, he got an answer. The Rebbe wrote as follows. Everything that happens in this world, the Rebbe said, is because of its spiritual source in Shemayim. This is what you should tell Rabbi Maletzky. Tell him also to make a chlata, a good decision to learn every day the Chumash portion of the day in the parish of the week, the Tillum portion of the day in the book of Tillum, finishing the Tillum every month, and the Tanya portion of the day in the book of Tanya, finishing the book of Tanya each year. He should also influence others to do the same thing. These are the instructions of the previous rabbi, my father-in-law, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson. And in the schus of his following, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson's instructions, he will have a refushulema and many people will have brachas because of him. Rabbi Friedman rushed to Rabbi Maletsky's home and Quickly showed him the letter from the Rebbe. Rabbi Maleski read it and became very excited and very emotional. He kissed the letter when he finished and he said, I will of course exactly fulfill the Rebbe's instructions. Six months later, Rabbi Friedman returned to visit Rabbi Miletzky. Imagine his surprise when he saw him sitting at the table like anybody else with no wheelchair in sight. Rabbi Moletsky welcomed him in and said, come, come into my office. Look. On the desk in his office, there was a chumash, there was a tehillim, and there was a tanya. Every day, he said, I learn exactly as the Rebbe told me, the chumash portion of the day, the Tehillim of the day to finish the book in one month, and the Tanya portion of the day to finish Tanya every year. And the doctors say that it's miraculous how I am having Rafuah Shalema, and now for sure they won't have to remove my legs, and I am in physical therapy to learn better how to walk. Amazing, amazing story. And true. This story teaches us many, many lessons. One of them is so obvious, to treat every Jew as he or she is precious. Even if it doesn't look from the outside that they are precious, but every Jew is. Another lesson is that at tzaddik can accomplish things that the average person can't accomplish because they are able to see the way things are in their source in Shemaya. And therefore, they can give us advice about how to fix a certain situation, how to meet a certain challenge. But of course, the tzaddik does not do the work for us. We have to do our part, and the tzaddik helps us. Notice that in this story, Rabbi Miletsky had to learn the hummus the Chilam, and the Tanya every day. And he had to tell other people in order to spread this wonderful way of receiving brachas. And then the bracha of the Rebbe was able to come true. And so too, just like the Jewish people followed the advice of Moshe Rabbeinu, it's important for us to follow the advice of the tzaddikim, and the heads of the generation, and the Rosh Hashivas, and our rabbis, and to do the work of learning more Torah, and more mitzvahs. Especially in this story, we learn about the learning of chitas, of Chumash, Tilim and Tanya every day, how it brings such bracha. And in this way, certainly Mashiach will come so much quicker. And with this, I want to wish everyone a wonderful and successful day. Rava Wonderful, wonderful success. Thank you for joining us for Jewish Daily Stories.